Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in high-performance coach David Wood to the podcast. Let me give you a quick background on David before we jump in. He is a former consulting actuary for Fortune 100 companies. He built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, and a national gong show. He coaches high-performing business owners to double revenue and their time off by focusing on less. And that's where we spend a majority of our time is talking about this focusing on less you know, mantra that he has and how it's been so valuable for a lot of the folks that he works with as well as his own life. Um, and we talk about overcoming shiny object syndrome. Um, so I think it's really helpful for folks listening. I know it was for me just being in, you know, kind of quote unquote in the room on Zoom and, uh, and hearing this firsthand, um, a lot of the insight that he's learned over his life um, to share with the, uh, the listeners here. So hope you all enjoy this wide ranging conversation. Without further ado, my chat today with David Wood. Let's get it started. David, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you. Thank you. Happy I'm, to be I'm, here. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. Uh, doing some research before, just kind of, you know, sometimes it's always tough online. You're trying to learn a little about someone, but there's only so much there. So it's always fun to have these more in-depth conversations and uh, excited to have you pry into your story a little bit more. You know, I have a few different notes down here, some topics I want to discuss. I thought it might make sense, maybe the best sense, uh, before we get into a lot of the stuff you're doing from a coaching standpoint, to actually talk about how you got into that. Because, you know, the Just Get Started pod- podcast is always about, like, how do you go from something you were doing that maybe you would have stuck with for 30 years, but decide to make the change? So can you just talk a little bit about, I had actually research before going in, full disclosure, about a actuary. Um, I didn't know what that what that was. Yeah. So, w- tell me a little bit about that story of how you actually decided to make the shift from doing that and a consulting uh, actuary to going into coaching. Was sure. that an easy sh- shift, or was there a lot of you know hurdles to jump in that early process? Uh, it, yeah, it, it took a it took a bit mentally, and it took a bit maybe accidentally from the universe. It wasn't like I woke up one morning and said, let's make the shift. But I started in a country town in Australia and I found I was really good at math. I, you know, and some, at the age of 15, something happened in my brain. I don't know what it was, but I went from middle of the class to top of the class. I don't know, I don't know what happened, but, uh, and I'm a geek. All right. You got, you should know that about me. I'm an absolute geek. Like right now I'm studying ethical hacking just for the fun of it. Okay. Because I, you know, I, I'd get the back of an envelope and work out a probability thing um, just for fun. So I, I got paid to go to university and I studied actuarial science because I was going to be an accountant because I figured that's what you do if you go to math. And then I found out an actuary was harder to qualify for and you got paid more and there was more prestige and it sounded like, well, why wouldn't I do that? Well, I found out later why not to do that. It was uh, grueling and brutal. You know, you hear a lot about 
uh, what doctors go through, and I, I, I can't even fully imagine what they go through to qualify. This was way beyond anything I'd imagined. The study involved, uh, not just for the three years of my degree, but for the four years after that, I had such intense study while working to, to qualify my professional exams. And when people find out I'm an actuary and they know anything about it, they go, did you pass all the exams? And I say, yeah, and they're surprised because most people give up, understandably, because it's just so brutal. Anyway, I end up qualifying in New York, and I thought I had it made. I'm, co- I'm consulting at the age of 24 to Sony Music, Ford, Procter & Gamble. I'm flying around the world. I'm working on Park Avenue, which was a huge thrill for me, and I figured this is it. I've made it. And then I discovered personal growth. And it was like a whole new world opened up. I'd been very cerebral and left-brained. And now I started to learn about vulnerability and intimacy and influence and true communication. And, and I didn't know it at the time, but leadership. And so I spent the next 25 years of my life going deep, sitting with teachers, sitting with gurus, doing things that will make your hair curl to find out what's it like to be human. What does it mean to be human? And how do I learn about personal growth? And it was during that journey that I found out about coaching. And it was such a thrill for me to coach somebody when someone was terrified because um, this woman had had an affair 10 years earlier and her husband had had an affair 10 years earlier. Both of them had an affair, but she, he didn't know about hers. And so she'd been holding him under the thumb and dominating him and manipulating him for 10 years because of his affair and never came clean about her own. And when I coached her on possibly coming clean just for love and risking her whole marriage, that was such an amazing experience. And then she went and she risked her marriage and she came back and said, I it felt like we were floating on air for the whole weekend in love, just like when we met. And I'm like, I want more of this. Yeah. So I... I decided to dive into it. And I, I'm sorry, I've lost sight of the original question. No, that, I decided answering this. No, that's really good. Well, I, I, let me, let's pry back a little bit. I'll pull back a few of the onion layers, if you will. Yeah. When you took that role and you said, Hey, I was on park Avenue flying all around the world. Was that what you thought? That's how life was supposed to be then. Like I'm supposed to get a job, get paid well, have the yeah. nice toys. Like that was, is that what you were, you were believed as you grew of up? Course. Yeah, well, you know, I think Trump Trump was the one who said money money is how you keep score. Uh, maybe a number of people have said it. Money is how you keep score in the game of business. And I just figured more money is better than not. And an actuary has got a pretty good uh, path uh, up to several hundred thousand dollars in income. And I figured, well, that's what you do. And it was fun for me to be able to be a consultant and work with people. Plus I got to do my geeky stuff on the back end. But I, I, I was doing it because I hadn't discovered this other world that was even more nurturing to my soul. So I, again, I like numbers and I, and I'm studying ethical hacking right now, just for the fun of it. I could have gone into it 
I could have gone into investment banking. I, I kind of wanted to be a spy at some point as well. And I kind of wonder what would have happened. I'd like to be a lawyer. But what really drives me is seeing someone face a challenge that's scaring them and they screw up their courage and they move into it and through it. That's nurturing for my soul. And so I discovered that at the age of 27 and, and through coaching someone else. And I'm like, all right, I want this. Now I didn't do, now I do remember your question. I didn't just wake up one morning and say, I want to be a coach. I said, I want six months off work to do whatever I want. And I asked myself, and I've done this a number of times in my life, if I had six months, could do anything I want, what would I do? And I realized I've always wanted to be one of those guys at the ski fields who was playing guitar and walking around and wearing a black afro and then an ABBA wig and a kilt, and they're just entertaining the crowd and get them all singing. And so I said, I'm going to do that. So I quit my job, went back to Australia, bought an amp, bought a guitar, hired a singing teacher, and two weeks later I had my first gig, and that's what I did for a year and a half. And I'm not a good singer, but I did that as a labor of love. And then while that was happening, I met a guy who was coaching professionally. He, got, he, he was paying money to do a training program. It was the first time I'd heard of it. And I'm like, I've wanted to do that for a year. I'm going to hire you. You show me how to do this. And so that's how I got into the world of coaching. I started carrying around business cards and I started coaching uh, friends for practice and then I started charging and then I hired one of the top coaches in the world at the time. I said, you show me how to do this. And I've never gone back. I ended up resigning from the Institute of Actuaries and that was hard. If you can imagine qualifying as a surgeon and then saying, I've had enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. Um, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to resign. It was, it was that difficult for me to do, but I'd never gone back. I've never, ever regretted letting that go because it wasn't what I was meant to do. What did you, you mentioned you discovered from a personal growth standpoint, you discovered something. Did something just kind of hit you like a brick in the head or did you, how, what did you uncover back when you were doing the actuary stuff that it made you exposed to this new way of thinking? Well, I did have some revelations. It was, so I, when I did this personal growth program, I was cynical. I'm an Australian from a country town. And I just thought these are a bunch of self-help junkies that have no willpower, can't think for themselves. So I was like, I'm going to get in and get out. And they're just after my money. That was my thinking. And I realized that the teachers had devoted their lives to making the world a better place. And I, I had no frame of reference for that. Mm. Just, you know, you make a buck, you do the hustle, and you, you, know, you try and get more power and get more money, and that's, that seemed to be the game. So I, I had a, there was a moment during the second course, and I said I'd never do the, I'd only do one. They couldn't get me into a second one, but I went and did the second one. Um, and I heard, overheard two of the trainers whispering, Someone was up on stage and they had to get up and declare themselves as a possibility and they, and they got up and they did it and I heard one of the guys say to the other one, it just makes you cry, doesn't it? And that was a revelation 
for me. I'm like, these guys have devoted their lives to a cause greater than themselves. Mm. And so that was a real eye-opener. And I think that plus coaching people in the program, because I couldn't help myself. Someone's stuck. Someone's got a problem. I'm like, did you hear what the teacher said yesterday? Or have you tried this or whatever? I was like, I want to get good at this. And then I found out they would train me as a coach if I did the third program. So I only did the third program so that I could be a coach. Now, as it happened, the third program also changed my life. I didn't know that. That was an accident. I didn't believe them when they said, you do this program, you will be self-expressed in every aspect of your life. And if you're not, it will be an integrity issue for you. I remember those words, word for word, 20-something years later, because they made no sense to me at the time. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway because I want to be trained as a coach. But you know what? During that program, that self-expression and leadership program, I was scared to play guitar in front of people. And I had a goal of being self-expressed at the guitar and playing and singing. This was before I went and did it as a professional entertainer, right? And then I ended up flying to the Bahamas during the program and I took my guitar on the plane. I, I talked them into letting me take it because they weren't allowing any baggage. Sweet talked them. They let me go on the plane. And while we're on the plane, someone said to me, get your guitar. I said, oh, no one wants to hear it on here. And she said, shut up. You're scared. Go and get it. So I went down the back of the plane, had to now carry my guitar up the plane and sit there, and I'm playing American Pie as quietly as possible. Some people got up and came and stood around me. So now there's a group. It wouldn't be allowed today. And then the stewardess comes down the plane and says, there's an old lady who was in a wheelchair up in first class, says that you promised her a song. I'm like, oh, my God. I'd had a couple of beers, and I had promised her a song. I said, okay. So I go up. Again, everyone looking at me on the plane. I had to kneel in the aisle and play Johnny Be Good for this woman. And the stewardess said, and this is the guy who's scared of playing in front of people. Stewardess said, that's so good. Would you be willing to do that over the PA system? So now the guy who can't perform in front of anybody is now doing it over the PA system. And I'd never put it together until today, Brian, that... I ended up making a career for a year and a half. My business was professional entertaining, and it all happened out of that self-expression and leadership program that I did not because I wanted to be self-expressed. I just wanted to coach others. And as I say, it accidentally changed my life because I got the promise of the program. I became self-expressed in every area of my life. And when I'm not, it feels off in my body, and I have to go and correct it. Wow. Do you find that, you know, I, I know one of the challenges a, a lot of folks face, right? And, and you probably coach a lot of them and go through this is like you leaving that job because you were now known as an actuary. You had this money coming in, you had this lifestyle kind of going back to Australia, almost not you knew what you were doing, but what the, what people were going to look at and say is like, oh, he tail between his legs, came back, something, ha- you know, like that, that optics on it. Did you ever worry about that? Or 
do you coach people on going through that? And, and maybe what do you tell them to say, hey, it's going to be okay to not even let that bother you? I'm just curious how you had that yeah. mentality to overcome that. Well, there was no inkling of tail between my legs, ever. I was, I was proud that I was doing something that I always wanted to do. And how mm -hmm. cool being an entertainer. Dude, I got to sing on Australian national television on our gong show. I got to be on a, on a bachelorette boat where they had 10 bachelorette parties every night and five male strippers and me playing guitar and singing Time Warp. Or whatever. There was no tail between the legs. Now, I always wondered if my parents would be a little bit embarrassed that mm -hmm. I had this great job in New York and now here I am just playing guitar in pubs and parties. I think my parents have always been proud it's like, it's a great story. Like, look, he was super successful. Now he wants to do that. I think they thought it was pretty cool. And then the coaching thing, they've never understood it. They've never understood this job. They don't understand. And then when I went into internet marketing or whatever, and, and I'm yeah. earning hundreds of thousands of dollars on the internet and number one on Google and selling information products, they don't understand that, that I had a business that was generating money while I slept they don't it's way beyond them yeah but for me I've always felt pride now something that my clients go through is something that I did also go through is the doubt you go through the doubt am I going to make it well I'll tell you if you're starting out you don't know truth is you may not make it a lot of businesses fail and, and it's scary. Like even today, I have doubt all the time because I keep trying new things. You know, I, I was coaching coaches for years. And then I came back three, three and a half years ago to coaching. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't want to work with coaches anymore. I've said everything I have to say to coaches. What do I have to say? And I had to reinvent myself. And there's a lot of doubt. Is this something they want? Is this something I'm good at? And then it's like, okay, looks like I am good at it. Okay, it looks like people do want it. And then you, you fail at so many things. Yeah. And you got to dust yourself and get back up and try something else and view it as, a, as an exploration process. So I think I share that with, with many, many uh, of my clients. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good thought on. Yeah, because, you know, again, a lot of folks, you know, and I know I go through this a lot too, is like that you try not to think what the outside world cares about affects you, but it does. And, and that's why I was, I, I was wondering if that affected you at all, but it seems like you were able, and that's probably those, you know, those personal development courses you took probably helped give you the confidence, right. To make that leap and, and ultimately go out into your music well, career or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But also you don't always have to go cold Turkey, right? You don't, it's not always a binary condition. So I didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to have a, a career as a musician. I just said, I'll take six months off yeah. and I'll do music. Now it ended up expanding into a year and a half of music. And then, um, and I didn't let go of the actuarial stuff. So I was consulting. I'd had quit my job, but I went, I needed money. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't want to just burn all my savings through in six months. So what I did is I went to my contacts in Australia and I said, I'm available for hire. Do you need a pair of hands? I got really good uh, work. I was 28 years old. 
and I'm getting paid a hundred to a hundred and fifty dollars an hour. I remember thinking back then, this is like twenty five years ago, hundred and fifty bucks an hour to work from home. Yeah. To consult, this was amazing, and that funded me okay. my ability to start this new business. Um, I also kept hold of that for at least a year while I was coaching because I needed something on the side. The day I stopped with my actuarial clients was a huge day, but I held on to that lifeline for a year uh, until I resigned, and that was scary. That I, I felt like I didn't have too much of a net because what if the business didn't work? But I thought I could probably go back and beg and, and get back to it. Um, I had another pivot again. Oh, also when I moved to Bali... Um, I moved to Bali, say, say five years ago. That wasn't like a permanent life change. I just said again, what would I do if I could do anything I want for six months? And I, I went deeper. I said, what if I only had six months to live? I think it's a great question. And listeners, I, I, I challenge you each to answer that today. If you had six months to live, what would you do with your time? And my answer at that time was, I'd spend more time in Bali. I'd, I'd love it and I'd missed it and I want to get back. So I, I went to Bali for uh, just two months. And then while I was there, this might remind you of the guitar story because I didn't commit, I just two months. And while I was there, people said, do you live here? And I wanted to see what it would be like to say yes. Like, what would it feel like? So I started saying yes. And you know what? It felt pretty good. So I actually, uh, my girlfriend and I uh, ended up breaking up for other reasons and I came home, sold all of my stuff and got two suitcases and I moved to Bali. So, you know, might look later like, wow, what bold decisions. You resigned as an actuary and became an entertainer and then, you, you know, you quit and became a coach and then, you know, you moved countries. Even when I moved to the States, um, the second time, I didn't say, bye, everybody. I'm leaving my girlfriend and my life and I'm moving to the States. I just said, I'm going to travel for two months. It wasn't until I got to California, the thought occurred to me that I didn't have to go home ever because I had my wallet, mm -hmm. I had my laptop, and um, i just broken up with my girlfriend the only other thing tying me to Australia was I was paying rent. So I did a deal with my girlfriend. I'll pay the rent for the next three months. Then you take over the lease. I'll come back. We'll work out, keep my stuff, use my stuff. When I come back, we'll work out what to do with it. And I didn't go home. That was my move to the U.S. So I've actually accidentally done a lot of things. And the, what I hope people can take out of this story is you don't always have to take that that white knuckling decision. There are often ways that you can dip your toe into the water and see how it feels before you make the plunge. Yeah, that's great advice. Great advice, David. Well, I want to transition a little bit uh, because in terms of, you know, obviously with your coaching background and expertise and a lot of things you've done, one thing I picked up I thought might be relevant for a lot of folks listening is on the, on the focus on less piece. Um, and you can dive in how much we want, but just kind of the whole point of one, what do you mean by focusing on less? Because that could be taken a, a million different ways. Let's start there and then we'll go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Yeah. Well, 
entrepreneurs are particularly at risk because, well, humans in general, life is so complex today. I believe, I imagine 20, 200 years ago, you'd wake up and say, I'm going to chop down that tree. Go and sharpen your ax. Go and chop down a tree. Come back, have some food. It's a day well done. It's not like that today for most of us. We've got so much complexity in our lives that it creates stress. And so, you know, and then, and then we need some alcohol to, to modify that. And then we need some coffee to rent because we're so tired from all the stuff we're trying to do. And it's this constant game where we just add more and more and more. On top of that, we try and multitask. We can't really do it. Our brains aren't made for it, particularly men, but we'll try and multitask. Oh, there's a text message. I'll go and handle that. Now I'll go and check email. And now let me just jump back. It's entertaining. It produces chemicals that can feel good uh, in the in the body. But if our goal is, let's say you want to double your business and you want to do it in the shortest possible time, then you don't want to be trying to multitask. You don't want to focus on five different uh, target markets. You don't want to focus on five different messages. I will solve this problem for you. And these are my, these are the five problems I will solve. And these are the five different solutions I have for you. I'm I'm starting to get stressed just talking about it. And then let me try five different traffic sources. I'm going to do LinkedIn traffic and I'm going to be on Instagram and I'm going to do Facebook paid ads. Plus I'm going to have a guy or a gal doing search engine optimization, right? Plus I'll do Facebook, I'll do uh, podcast appearances like this one. I'm, I'm almost looking forward to, well, I am looking forward to say two months from now when my Facebook ads test will either be successful and we scale it, or I can kill it and just focus on one marketing method. I love doing podcasts. It's fun for me. You ask an insightful question, hopefully I come up with a good answer. It serves somebody. And then the right people can, can find me. They're like, hey, maybe I want to work with this guy and accelerate my business. I'm, all, I'm looking forward to that because it'd be how much more peaceful is it going to be when I can just focus on one marketing method? I've already focused on one target market, entrepreneurs earning a minimum of 5000 a month, minimum, and ideally 20000 a month, and they want to double their business and they want to double their time off. Boom. Now, that took a long time and a lot of money and a lot of consulting and coaching to get to that. Mm-hmm. But I want that for all of my clients that... It doesn't mean that if someone comes to you outside your target market and wants to pay your money, pay you money that you say no. What it means is that you choose one market to hang your hat on, one message that can get through the noise over and over and over again. I'll help you double your business by focusing on less. Right? Let's get to that level of clarity. You're going to have more peace in your life and you're going to do better. You'll actually make more money faster, but we need someone generally to rein us back in because um, like my mind is constantly 
what about this? What about this? What even I just started learning a um, programming language so I can program my own apps because I'm a geek and I like that kind of thing. Am I going to rest on that? No. Let's go and study ethical hacking at the same time so I can learn how the internet works and how, how to break it so I can learn how to make it safer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing that at the same time, right? Now, that's fun at the moment. But when it starts to get to being stressful and you find that you're not doing it very well, like if it, say it's your business, we're not just looking for entertainment now. So now you actually owe it to yourself to focus. That means that you need not just a to-do list, but you need a not-to-do list. Are you looking at ways to, can I do this myself? Or like, So you're talking about the ethical hacking, kind of some fun stuff, but from like a business standpoint, I'll take a simple example. Like if you're not good at designing graphics, should you, you know, you shouldn't go learning Photoshop. You should just hire someone to do some of those graphics because the cost of your time is way less than what it would take to actually learn that, right? Absolutely. So if (laughs) you, what you need to do, I, I, I get, I get my clients to do an audit and anybody listening can do this. You get a piece of paper, you write down all of the activities you do in your business. Then on another piece of paper, write down all of the activities that you do in your life. And then Circle the ones that you love. Ideally, you love them and you're great at them. That's your genius zone. You circle those things and say, all right, I'm going to keep those. The rest of the stuff, you want to work out what to do. And I call this the 4D audit. So 1D is what will I delete? This is super important. You've got to free up time so that you can work on the stuff that's going to move the needle in your business. So I'm going to delete this, 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 and this, and you'll put those on your not-to-do list. This is a commitment to yourself. Might be a month. I'm not going to do these things. Next, delay. All right, I can't delete these. I do need to get them done in the next year, but not now. My brain can't doesn't have the RAM to hold this stuff, so I'll put this on a delay list. And then the next one is delegate. So social media. I don't want to be doing social media posting. I don't have the time. It's not really my thing. So I've hired someone to handle that. Video editing. I like doing it. I'm a geek, and sometimes I'll do it just for the fun. But that's where you got to have that conversation. All right, it's fun, but it's not serving my business. So I hire someone to go and do that. Now, with the um, programming language, this is a really good example. I'm learning Flutter which will allow me to create apps for Android and iOS. Now, I'm doing that as a labor of love. I love that stuff. But here's what I don't love. Spending two days trying to find a bug and work it out when someone else could find it in 10 minutes. That's not fun for me. So I have hired a tutor. We had a lesson yesterday. He controlled my screen, my computer, both of my computers, got them all set up in this programming environment, Took an hour and 45 minutes. Could have taken me three days. So I got a coach. Now, with this ethical hacking, I'm running into problems. Now, it's kind of fun looking around the web and findings and you solve it. Okay, that's cool. But there are some things, takes people days and days and days. Someone else could say, 10 minutes, here's what you do and here's why. 
right? So, you know, the analogy, you know, the metaphor blows me away for, you know, what, for my business, in your own business, you could work out how to grow your business. You could Google it. You could go and ask friends. You can do all that stuff. You can do the slow way if that's fun for you. But sometimes a coach could say, hey, have you thought of this? Oh, no, I hadn't thought of that. All right. You want to try that out? Yeah, you got it. I'll try it out. I'll try, and then I'll come back. I'll let you know how it goes. Wow, I hadn't actually never used that. The way I'm, I keep on hiring coaches in in my personal life, I'd never seen how that uh, applied to the whole metaphor for hiring a coach in business. That's fun for me. Well, I mean, I, I think you're onto something from a standpoint that we buy a lot of things personally, right? We're always buying stuff, spending, you know, to, to improve our life. You know, we'll buy a, a better coffee maker to make the coffee quicker or something like, but when it comes to business, sometimes we, and I, and I know I, I can, I can kind of look in the mirror on this one is like, we, we kind of go in this mode of like, well, let me try to do as much as I can. Let me save. We, we think we're saving money by not paying for coaches, by not paying for automation, but yet it actually is costing us way more time and energy. So yeah, I, I like the thought process that you're they're going through on that. And and do you do you break down your day? Because I know one of the things I struggle with, and, and when I talk to a lot of folks, it seems like it's you know similar. Is on actually you talking about those those time robbers of hey we pick up the phone someone texts us whatever. Do you have like certain methods where like you batch certain time or oh yeah you how, how do you how do you structure maybe like more of, of the micro like the actual day uh, to be able to yeah. get more done. Yeah, I'm glad you said micro. So I want to talk about macro and micro. So at the macro level, to focus, you need to work out where you're going. What are my 12-month goals? What are my eight-week goals? And then we chunk it back and we come closer to the present. Do I have seven-day goals? Every seven days, do I know what I'm taking on? Uh, by by one o'clock mountain time, every Friday, I must have created my seven-day goals or I have to pay $5 as a penalty to, to somebody. And and some of my clients have to, they, they set it up to pay $5 to a political candidate they really don't like. So it just gets your attention. I have to do that every seven days. So that's starting to get micro. And then what am I going to do tomorrow? Here's something that I that I invite all of, all of our all of our listeners to do. Create what you're going to do the next day. Choose two things, only two. If I only got two things done tomorrow, what would they be? And work those out before you go to bed. You can do it at the end of your workday. Set an alarm four o'clock. Choose your two needle movers for the business, or you might want to do it in the morning. But how cool is it to wake up? knowing what's important and what you're going to do. So that's, that's we'll call that semi-micro. Now we come back to actual micro. I've woken up. How do we get into the day? I recommend not checking email. Don't check it. Um, don't even check your phone. Don't, don't even turn it off airplane mode. Mine's on airplane mode when I go to bed. Um, you could leave it on airplane mode until you've done your sprint. And I recommend that you book several sprints during the week. You might have Monday, 9 to 11, Tuesday, 9 to 11, Wednesday, 4 to 6, mm -hmm. Saturday, 
five to seven, whatever it is. Create some sprints. I like two hours as a time. And then treat those as sacred dates with yourself. For those sprints, you will work on your needle movers. You say so you don't have to go back to the macro level. You don't have to do that. You roll up your sleeves now. You're in worker mode. And then I, if say you got two hours, I like doing mini sprints of 25 minutes because I can stay focused. It's still hard, but I'm more likely to stay focused for 25 minutes than two hours. Mm-hmm. So set the timer. Hey, Siri, set timer 25 minutes. I already know what my goal is for that 25 minutes, not my two-hour goal. My goal for 25 minutes, let's see, create notes from this recording for this podcast. Might be, might be, like make my notes for the editor. Boom. I do that. The timer goes off. I've got five minutes to make a cup of tea or do some chin-ups. And then I come back and I do my next 25-minute sprint. Now, at the end of that, let's say I've done my two hours. Okay, fine. Now it's okay to check email. Now it's okay to check voice messages and go off and start responding to the agenda of the world. But you've already done what was most important in your business. How good is that going to feel? Well, and and what I think is is awesome about that, and I like how you broke that down to the sprints. You know, the little even even this you call them like even more micro sprints of twenty five minutes versus the two yeah. hours. But is that's that's for you? You're because because I think in, and you you know it's so funny you mentioned the analogy earlier about you know going chopping the tree down like the one day like hey we just you know did that two hundred years ago, but with the emails with the social media posts with anything text messages that's all for other people right they're trying to get a hold of you for something it's it's kind of on them we don't take the time for ourselves enough to get done what we need to get ahead so are we we feel like we're helping. But, and I, I run in this mold so much is like, I feel, I almost feel like I'm always behind because I'm trying to help others versus, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's such a, it's such a, you know, a, a challenging conundrum, I guess. You want to help others, but at the same time, yeah. if you don't help yourself, you can't get ahead. Yeah. And it scatters your brain. You check email, you got all these different things and you load it up. One of the biggest mistakes that I make is at the end of the day, when I'm feeling tired and I don't really have much left is checking messages again. Oh, that's a bad thing to do because it loads it up and now I really want to respond and I want to handle it and it's not the time to do it. Same with the morning. That's not really a good time to respond to everyone else's agenda. Choose what you want and then you get it done. Brian, one of the most peaceful times of my life was not when I started writing my book, but... But when I actually committed to focusing on the book, so it wasn't really getting anywhere. And I went and stayed at a friend's house for two months. And I made a commitment that I would not touch anything that was not book until four o'clock each day. Mm. Couldn't touch anything that wasn't book. And I made a second agreement not to speak until four o'clock each day. Keep the, keep the energy inside, worked on the book. It was so peaceful because I knew I was working on the thing that mattered most to me. Now, you might not want to go that far. You might, you know, listeners might not have the, the ability to do that. It might not be practical, but you can do it in sprints for one hour or two hours or 25 minutes. You can say, I will touch nothing 
that is not this goal that's written down on this piece of paper. And when I find myself, because you will stray, I guarantee you will stray. I, I, I have a post-it note on my wall and I move it into the doing column and only one thing's allowed on that column. Now, while that's there, I'm not allowed to put anything in the column. I'm not allowed to touch anything that's not that task. Mm. If, I, if I'm going to stop and maybe the 25 minutes goes off, maybe right. I'll move it off out of that column and now I can touch something else. But you will find yourself straying to order something on Amazon or to call someone or to check a little email message or, you know what? I could just get that thing done right now. The human mind is like a monkey on crack. If you follow some of these practices, it may not change things overnight. It often takes my clients a few months to have them all become habits. It'll change your life. Yeah. Well, I can attest to that, the scheduling it out. You know, I'm, I'm in the process now. I got about 45,000 words written of this, uh, this sales book. And, but what I did was for basically 45 days, and it was almost every single day, um, I blocked out about an hour every day just to write. And I made that a point. That was like my sprint time of just, I'm going to write for an hour each day. And, you know, cause I was like, at the beginning, you're like, crap, I have zero words. It's going to take forever. And again, mid and this is like mid September ish or whatever, had about 45,000 words. So it was like, it takes time to your point, but you can just make it whatever works for you, whether it's 25 minutes, hour, you took the the whole day, but you just got to actually schedule that time out. Um, I think it's yeah. really the gathering of the, the information together at one key point, right? Yeah. We're talking about being deliberate yeah. about your time. Now, if all you want is entertainment, doesn't matter. Wake up, do what feels good, check email, flow. That's a, that's a valid way to work. If you want better results, then it starts to make sense to say, all right, do I have 12-month goals? And I, have a, I have a cheat sheet. And by the way, we'll, we'll give it to listeners. I have to give it away at the end of this. I have a cheat sheet with a checklist that you can download. It's, it's, it's one page. And it'll take you through things like, do I have 12-month goals? Do I have eight-week goals? Do I have seven-day goals? Do I know every day what I'll do when I wake up? Have I chosen the two most important needle moves? Do I have sprints booked in my calendar? And do I set timers for 25-minute sprints? You start going through this checklist, be deliberate about it. What I want for you, for everybody, and including myself, is to feel really good about what you've done and to get the results you're after. And these things, you know, they're not rocket science. They're just what I think we need in today's complex world if you really want to want to cause what you care about. Yeah. Well, let me, I, we've gone down the rabbit hole on a couple of topics, which is awesome. Um, the, we, we got a lot deeper than I thought we would with some of these things. And, and I'm glad we did because I think your insight is spot on and excited for you to share kind of some of the places folks can uh, connect with you. But let me ask you this uh, to maybe end on. I always like to go back. So if you had to go back to that, you know, actuary or prior to actuary, maybe your late teen self, I always like to ask, you know, if there was one piece of advice, again, we can give a hundred pieces if we sat here for an hour and talked to them, but one really impactful piece that maybe was important for you, you learned later on in life that you would give to that younger self. What, what would you, what would you say to them? What would you give them maybe as that poster board material or bulletin board material 
um, to look at each day. Yeah. I had two things. One would be, it's okay to have doubt. That's part of the game. If you don't have doubt, you'll just create a bigger game until you do have doubt. So, you know, that's, that's part of it. And the second thing is get guidance from someone uh, who can help doing things solo. It's kind of the American dream. It's like if you built a railroad on your own, then you're more of a hero than if you built it with a hundred people, it's changed. Now it's like, you know, like Bill Gates, he wants to get good at bridge. He goes and gets a coach to teach him how to play bridge. Like, it just makes sense to me. So find someone who knows more about what you're doing so that you can get there faster and, and easier. And if you look at even top athletes, is always a good way to look. None of them are doing it alone. No. They might sit in the gym and practice a little bit, but they have coaches, they have strength trainers, they have psychology you know, sports psychologists like there's a whole mess of people around them yeah it should be the same for you and i why not right and well, as an amateur sportsman i get coaches i wanted to learn ping pong i went and hired i bought a ping pong robot to serve at me and i went and hired this chinese guy to teach me that when i wanted to um get better at salsa i had 30 lessons in 30 days you know, when I wanted to learn Balinese, there are no training programs. I went and hired a guy to come and read out the book so I, and then so I could make my own training tapes. But, you know, I, had, I don't think I'd realized until now, Brian, how much coaching is a part of my life. I've often thought that it's, that it's not because I'm very independent and I work out a lot of stuff on my own. But we don't have time to go through the list of coaches and people I've hired. I think four months ago I had five coaches. I didn't wake up saying I want five. I just, oh, I want to get better at dating. Yeah. All right, I'll start working with you. Energy healing, I don't know anything about it. All right, I'll start working with you. Right. So, um, yeah, why not? Let's. If you want to get ahead of the game, find somebody, a mentor, a coach, a consultant, a trainer, Someone, someone to help you with what you want to get better at. That's awesome. Hey, where can everyone connect with you online? Where, where can they find you? Yeah, well, ask I have you a, questions, whatever they want to do. Yeah, well, I have a gift basket for listeners, and it'll take you straight to my site. So, what I have on offer is a cheat sheet, which will give you a checklist of of what to do to double your productivity to actually achieve twice as much in half the time. So, it's a little cheat sheet. There's a video, a six-minute video to show you how to implement the steps. And there's a 15-minute audit. I'll do a 15-minute double your revenue audit. If you have a business and you meet certain criteria, I'll get on the phone. I'm really good. In 15 minutes, we can identify a low-hanging fruit because your plan is not going to be the same as someone else's plan. Mm. And you can get all three of those things at myfocusgift.com. That's myfocusgift.com. Dot com take you straight to my website awesome david super grateful for that and you know i you know, been doing this podcast for over three years you never never know how each conversation is going to go you know they're always kind of organic and unique in their way and this is really fascinating obviously some of your story but even just the depth that we went into how to focus better how to look at structuring your day i think that's highly highly valuable for uh, myself as well as everyone listening in so thank you so much for sharing a lot of that insight and uh, look forward to keeping in touch as we go along yeah, it's been my pleasure, Brian, and I'm really glad to meet you. Thanks. 
Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview. And thanks again for stopping by the Just Get Started podcast. Uh, Grateful to have you here. And if I could just make one quick ask before you run along on your day, you know, I've grown this podcast organically over the last three plus years. And it's from the great listeners that pick up, you know, a quote or a key learning or just enjoy the entertainment of the podcast and they share it out to their audience. They leave a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Um, And I'd ask that for you as well. If you've made it to this point and are listening in, um, a lot of the podcast uh, platforms that you listen on have a share button right there where you can share it out to your audience on various platforms. So I would be so appreciative if you wouldn't mind taking a quick second to do that um, if you really enjoyed this episode. So thanks again. I'm happy to connect online. I always love to meet new people. So if you want to go to my website, brianandraco.com, or connect with me. I'm at Brian Andreco, basically everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, even Clubhouse, that new app that's out there. Uh, you name it. So uh, follow me online and uh, certainly look forward to connecting further. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm-hmm.